listening to Best Served Cold, a Born Millennials podcast. The Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama J and Laura Lees. Sit down, relax, grab a drink and enjoy this week's episode. Oh. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, ho, ho. ho. What's going My on? My microphone is going crazy. That's a great way to start the podcast. Yeah, it doesn't want to stay upright. That's okay. We're going to, we're going to work with it. All right, cool. How are you going, coppers? Welcome to... Every time you say that, I think you're saying coppers, and I'm like, why are you calling our audience members coppers? Welcome back to the show, coppers. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your seven days, uh, or rather six days away from hearing our podcast. And seven days. We release on a weekly basis, which yes, is seven days. they go six days without hearing one. Yeah, okay, I guess. Sure. What do you mean you guess? That's literally a fact. Well, technically they would go five days without hearing one then, wouldn't they? I don't know. I can't math. Don't make me That's do math. That's confusing. You're just taking it. Anyway, welcome back to the Best Served Cold podcast. The true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. We do indeed. My name is Laura Elise. I'm one of your excellent co-hosts and I am officially available for consults Monday through to Thursday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I charge $185 an hour. No, wow. That's a pretty hefty bill. Yeah. Well, I'm worth it. Worth every penny, baby. Great. And I am Tama Toa. I was too busy being depressed to think of a catch line. Oh, wow. That's so. uh, that's uh, funny, relevant, and kind of true. Also a catch line. Yeah. So, technically not true. You could call it a catch-22. No, that's not what a catch-22 is. It would be more like two birds, one stone. But anyway, moving on. Well, it'd be more like finding a coin in in the sofa. That's not a thing, though. That's not a catchphrase. That's a thing. The whole point was I was trying to... Yeah, but the whole point was I was trying to make a catchphrase. Anyway, welcome back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We've said welcome back to the show like five times now, but welcome Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another episode. Just a few little housekeeping rules before we jump into this week's episode. If you are new around here, we like to do a little disclaimer at the start of our episodes now because we got sick of getting one-star Apple reviews. We swear a lot in this show. Yes, it is. If you are someone who does not like swear words, please... If you feel so inclined, stop listening. Please, for fuck's sake, don't leave us a one-star Apple review. Just piss off. You've been warned. You've literally been warned. Proceed. Go listen to Door of the Explorer, wherever the fuck you listen to, that you can't handle certain words in in, in our vocabulary. Anyway, people are people, as long as they just keep their one-star reviews to themselves. Yeah, you fucking pussies. Uh, On that, though, we would love it if you are a long-time listener of the show, if you're a new-time listener of the show, we would love it if you shared the episode and if you haven't already gave us a review on whatever platform you listen to, if it allows you to review things. um, It does genuinely help boost us in the charts and helps other people find the show. Yes. And as usual, if you want to follow us on social media i'm back on my meme game i was i did fall behind in posting but i've got a whole bunch of new fresh memes stocked up so you can follow us at the bsc podcast on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok hell yeah and yeah that's it that's the housekeeping how's your week been tama Uh, it's been very very okay um it's been a busy week much like every other week but it's getting to that point in lockdown where everything kind of bleeds into the next 
Yeah. And it's getting harder to, to discern the days. Literally, the only way I can sell the days anymore is with the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. I was talking to one of my friends who just got her second dose of Pfizer today. And she was saying like, she's like, oh, I'm going to get my second dose. And I was like, how the, didn't you just get the yeah, first one? Yeah. Like last week, she was like, that was four weeks ago. How fucked like, up what? is that? Yeah. How the, if she'd asked, I would have sworn black and blue that it was like last week yeah. that she went to get it. No, exactly. If- but I did get mine. Uh, this Saturday, my first one. Yes. It made Sucked. me so ill. I was so sick. Um, but, you know, it was one day and I spent the day in bed and recovered the next day. So don't let is, that yeah. be an excuse to not get vaccinated. We are very much pro-vax. Yes. We are pro-vax, pro, uh, pro, uh, anti-pineapple uh, and pizza. You that? are anti-pineapple and pizza. I am pro-pineapple and Fair pizza. Right. I'll fight you How about, about we that. just jump into the show yeah, and we'll um, save vaccination talk for the end. We'll get to the end. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all that um, after the show. I think I would like to go first I think you should go first. Because from what you've told me, yours sounds like it's really hectic and I think mine's a bit shorter and not as full on. Yes. So I did want to warn everyone from the get-go because I know in the true crime community a lot of people hate when you talk about a story without prefacing that it's an unsolved mystery and that <laughs> it's very anticlimactic to get to the end and realize it's unsolved. And I'm not about – I don't want to edge anyone. We're not about edging in this. Edging in we this don't household. edge. We want to We want to finish everyone that <laughs> – Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. If, if there was ever going to be an episode that got us one star review, it'd yeah, be true. this episode. So anyway, I didn't want to I don't want anyone to get their hopes up. This is unsolved still to this day. So let's jump in. Great. So on April 18th, 1943, four boys are walking through Hagley Woods together, sort of just around dusk, and they're hunting and goofing around on private grounds owned by Lord Cobham. They were on the grounds of the Hagley Hall estate. The four boys, Bob Hart, Tom Willets, Fred Payne and Bob Farmer, were sick of being cooped up inside during the war and they were basically looking to blow off some steam as well as potentially help supplement their family's rations with like a rabbit or two or maybe some eggs that they could find because obviously in the middle of the war you got pretty strict rations so they're sort of thinking maybe we can bring some extra food home for the family which is quite cute. So one of the boys spots a tall tree, a species called a witch elm, And he decides to climb it thinking that maybe he'll find a bird's nest and some eggs that they can kind of steal and take home. So as he reaches closer to the top, he looks down into the hollow trunk of the tree. Now, I can't say I did a lot of research on the species of witch elm itself because I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't really tell from the story if the hollow trunk is like a characteristic of that type of tree or if the tree was dead. Right. But the trunk is kind of like hollow, so he looks down and he can see something white. And he thinks it's an, it's white, it's an egg. He thinks yep. he's hit the jackpot. So he sort of reaches down and fishes around in this hollow uh, tree trunk and instead pulls out a skull with human hair still clinging to the outside Ooh. and really crooked teeth protruding from the jaw. So understandably terrified, he puts the skull back in the same place and the boys just leg it out of the area. And at the beginning, they're scared that they'll firstly be punished because they're on private ground. So they sort of say, we're not going to tell anyone what we found because then that'll lead to people asking why we were there and then we'll have to admit that we were trespassing. 
However, one of the boys, Tom, he kind of it doesn't sit very well with him keeping this massive secret because he's like, well, it's a it's a dead body, like it's kind of it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. So he tells his parents, and his parents in turn call the police. So the police cordon off the area and the body is extracted from the tree. The person's hand is missing as well as some other bones, which are later discovered scattered sort of around the tree. Uh, A cheap-looking fake gold wedding ring and some shoes are also found a short distance away. Scraps of what they can tell is poor quality clothing are kind of clinging to the last of the bones and a piece of fabric that's later identified as taffeta, which... um, it's kind of like what those cheap, nasty 80s prom dresses were made out of, taffeta. Right. That kind of material. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and that's stuffed inside the mouth of the skull. Hmm. So indicating that the person had likely been suffocated. So the medical examiner concludes that the body was that of a woman around 35 who'd been in the tree potentially for about 18 months, give or take. It's fairly obvious to the medical examiner, at least, that the death had not been in his opinion, an accident or a suicide due to the piece of material stuffed in the mouth of the skull. He kind of thinks it has to be foul play or murder in some way. It's also theorised that the body had to have been placed there while the woman was either A, still alive, or B, very recently killed as rigor mortis would not have allowed for the body to be placed in the constricted space of the tree trunk. After the body was found... Police contacted local dentists to try and place a name to the body due to the skull's extremely unique teeth. So this person, whoever they were, had terrible teeth that are kind of jutting out at different angles. So they kind of go, oh, they're pretty shocking teeth. Maybe she'd been to a dentist and a dentist would likely remember teeth that bad. So they kind of scour the local dentist in the area. Nothing leads to anything Despite a few leads that initially seemed promising, like the dentist and the shoes that they found with the body were traced back to their original manufacturer. However, it then proved impossible to pinpoint the particular owner of the shoes from that point forward. So due to the time and the ongoing atrocities and tragedies of the war, it's not this unsolved crime is not at the police's highest regard so the crime sort of goes cold until christmas of that year interest in the case is re-sparked this is after graffiti is found written in chalk on the side of a house that reads who put lula bella in the witch elm for months similar messages all in what appear to be the same handwriting popped up all around the message eventually shortening to who put bella in the witch elm The messages did stop for a time and then resurfaced again in the late 1940s, this time still reading the same Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm. And these tags have appeared around up until as late as 1999, which is about 60 years, give or take a few, that these tags have been popping up. Right. So much like Jean Benet and the Maddie McCann story, the story itself isn't that interesting. It's the unsolved mystery of it and some of the theories around what happened that make the case really interesting. Yeah. So obviously there are some kind of wild theories around how the body of a woman got stuck inside the hollow trunk of a tree. So I'm going to run through some of them now. I'll start with the boring ones that make the most sense. I love that, yes. And I'm going to end with the ones that I think are the most interesting. Great, let's do it. So the explanation that logically makes the most sense is that 
Bella, if that's actually her name, was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. There was a woman around that time who was known to be a sex worker um, and she was reported missing around the same time that the body would have likely been put in the tree. Uh, Whether she'd sort of climbed into the tree of her own volition to seek shelter because she didn't have somewhere to go, which doesn't really explain the fabric in her mouth. Mm -hmm. Or the explanation that makes more sense, she was murdered by someone using her services and placed there thinking it's kind of the ultimate hiding spot. Like no one's going to find a body inside a tree trunk. Like who's going to climb up the tree on private grounds? Who's going to climb up the tree to look down into the tree trunk to see this body? Yeah. And this is the theory that most people agree makes sense. It kind of this that particular theory gets expanded on where um, people kind of think she was potentially a, a battered woman, so her husband killed her. Some people think she was perhaps a part of um, uh, Romani tribes or what you call we don't call them gypsies anymore because it's yeah. now a slur. But um, a for those who don't know word. who the Romani are. Um, People kind of think that that's the most likely excuse, but that's kind of boring. So we're yeah. going to talk about some other stuff. Okay. So being that the body was found during World War II, a lot of people think the body belongs to a German spy because apparently in those times it was actually relatively common for German spies to parachute into into Britain. That was their way to get in. They'd fly right. over and parachute into kind of sparse places and so some people think she was a german spy that parachuted and got stuck in the tree when she parachuted down well it could be her parachute chute i don't know what parachute chutes are made of Mm. i don't know that much about it could you imagine that though just getting stuck in a tree and then you get stuck and you die like fuck this yeah I shouldn't have been a spy. This shouldn't is shit. Have, I shouldn't have worked for the Nazis. Yeah. That's karma right there. That is. So in 1953, someone who called themselves at the time Anna of Clavelli wrote into the Wolverhampton Express and the Star claiming to know Bella. We don't know if that's her actual real name, but that's yeah. the easiest. That's what I'm going to call her. So this woman was interviewed anonymously by a journalist who was told that Bella was a member of a spy ring seeking information about the location of local weapons factories that could then be targeted by the um, Luf- Luftwaffe. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's basically a, an arm of the Third Reich, I'm pretty right. sure. The woman, Anna, was later ID'd as Una Mossop, who then alleged that her husband, who was an RAF pilot, had witnessed Bella's death. He alleged that Bella had been strangled by a Dutchman called Van Rolt due to this or due to her spy associations. There's also another kind of spin-off of that story where um, Una's husband and another man had been drinking with Bella in a pub and she'd been kind of like being a floozy in public. So when she'd passed out, they'd put her in the tree as like thinking it was kind of like a funny punishment that she'd wake up and freak out and see the error of her ways, but then she died. And so then Una's husband uh, kept seeing like ghosts of Bella and he went insane and, and died in hospital. Right. He did die in hospital, but she's made up this kind of story that he was haunted by the ghost of this woman and he went mad and died. Later, as British M15 files were released to the public, it did come to light that there was a spy ring in this area where the body was found. 
Further, a woman, according to the files, was due to parachute by night into the area around the time the body would have been stuck, and this woman was never heard of again. This theory was given weight after a captured German spy, Joseph Jacobs, was found with a photograph of a woman in his pocket. He told interrogators it was actress and singer Clara Baller. I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm so bad with German pronunciations. She was due to land after being recruited by the Third Reich, but went missing in 1941. So this theory was unable to be pursued any further due to Jacobs being executed by firing squad for being, you know, being a Nazi. However, in 2016, records were shown that Clara had died in a Berlin hospital in 1942. So that theory was kind of written off. Yeah. Along with this and the fact that Clara was remarkably tall and the skeleton was not, basically completely ruled her out. The other major theory that I personally think is the most interesting and the one that is still awful because someone was murdered, but this is the one that I hope it would be, was that the body was involved in a black magic ritual. So according to anthropologist Professor Margaret Murray, the fact that the hand had been severed from the bone and some of the other bones scattered around the tree could signify connections to an occult ceremony called the Hand of Glory. There was a murder in a nearby village where a man was stabbed and pinned to the ground with his own pitchfork, and Murray theorized that they are potentially connected and both linked to the occult or witchcraft. You can also draw links to the name Bella, as in Belladonna, and Witch Elm, as in Witch Hazel, both of which are common ingredients known in witchcraft and the occult. Right. Most people say the fact that the woman was almost entombed in the tree rather than buried or disposed of in another way also kind of links to this. This theory, sadly, however, doesn't kind of hold much creed in investigative circles, with most saying it's far more likely that the bones were taken by animal predators once the body started to disintegrate which let's be real that does make more sense sounds plausible yeah however the one really irritating thing about this case that will probably mean it never gets solved as of today bella has never been formally identified which you would think modern dna would help with but lo and behold the remains have gone missing the missing they're missing how so the bones of the body, um, either they were lost at some stage or she was buried and then like formally buried and the location of the burial just got lost. Right. But her remains are just poof, gone. So they have no DNA to work off to ever identify her no matter how advanced DNA technology oh, gets. No. So it basically just means that it is a case that has no chance of ever being solved, which is so frustrating because it's so weird yeah there's many different elements to it and there's many different questions that arise from it that you're like i just want the answer how do they what's the name bella what's the significance of the graffiti who did the graffiti who did the graffiti who continued to do the graffiti because you're talking about 60 years so presuming that whoever wrote it in um 1943 christmas of 1943 they had to be old enough to write so let's say they're 10 at least. That would mean in 1999, when the last graffiti showed up, they're in their 70s, potentially. Well, there is also the possibility of someone graffitiing. A copycat, Well, yeah. rather just graffitiing it because it holds some sort of artistic significance to them. It is... There is always that element of someone gravi- gravitating towards a mystery or something like that has an eerie sort of value to it. Yeah. You never knew. It could have been part of a photo shoot. You never know. 
But yeah, and then kind of in in 1999, the tags have sort of stopped, stopped. and people yeah. do say that they crop up occasionally, but most people now kind of chalk that up to people because that's the other thing you're talking about the 90s where social media wasn't didn't exist yes, so you're true. kind of relying on almost you don't have someone stumbling across a google search like you're relying uh. on word of mouth about who put bella in the witch elm to kind of carry this tradition of people leaving that mark which i think makes it even more interesting because then it's it's so much more kind of folklore-esque of this mm. story of this body in the tree being passed from like person to person and but yeah it's just wild because even if it is something as simple as it was a husband who killed like why what made you what made you think to put it inside a tree believe in the the most plausible theory being that it was a prostitute who was murdered and it was most likely a psychopath, maybe. Potentially a serial killer. Mm. Potentially someone who went on and continued to murder women just like her. Or had already done so. Um, there's patterns there. There's weird things in there like chopping off the hand to the bone. Mm. Um, the hiding of the body. The, the fact that the body had to have been recently killed. Or killed in the tree yeah. for it to be placed in there. Because most people said, like, with the the shape and the size of the tree, once rigor mortis had set up, there'd just it's be, impossible. like, no way you'd yeah. get that body in. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it, it, it it's very plausible that it was... She was a prostitute as in those times, and especially during, like, the era of the serial killer, mm. prostitutes were very neglected by... The police. Well, the police just didn't give a shit about them. They just weren't significant in their eyes. If 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 anything is, if this show and true crime and serial killers of from the forties to the eighties have taught us anything, it's that it'll take a significant amount of prostitutes to die before police start looking into it mm. and start taking any significance out of it. But yeah, that is the story of who put Bella in the witch elm. Wow. Yeah, very eerie. Yeah, yeah. it is a bit. Um, I personally love, I mean, I it's really weird to use the word love when you're talking about someone dying, but I love the idea that it was a German spy that parachuted and just had the m misfortune yeah. to parachute directly into the tr trunk of a tree and get stuck there. And die. It sounds like a skit from like the Three Stooges. It does. Or something. It sounds like something that you'd have on like SNL. Yeah. Not something that would happen in real life. Yeah. But I mean, it did. Ha it did. It was a thing where German spies were parachuting into enemy territory to then kind of infiltrate and try and get information. So I mean, it's not. It sounds like a really wild theory, but it's really, it's really not. not that yeah. much of a stretch of the imagination to think that that could have been it. Right. There are a few more like sub theories. Like if you go on the the Reddit thread of unsolved mysteries, there are a lot of um, a lot of really kind of micro theories, but they're just so short and have zero information to yeah, substantiate yeah. them. I didn't bother including and them. zero sources to recite. And yeah, you're like, yeah. where did you where did you get that from? Like yeah, you just nice made if, that up. It's fun to think of, but the it's one of those things where it will just probably never find out well we we have no body anymore yeah. so absolutely we'll never find out yeah 
and no DNA to sort of trace a suspect to. Nope. Just the legend of Bella. Yeah. Well, what say we'll take a break? Take a wee little break. Take a wee little break. And when we come back, we'll be jumping into my case. Let's do it. And we're back. We're back. I've got myself a cheeky little gin and tonic. Yep. Pie is running underneath our desk yeah, going he's very, insane. He's very anxious tonight for some reason. He's just... If you hear a cat running around and being very no- noisy, that's that's our that's our pie. That's our pie. That's something, our pie. something scared him about three hours ago and yep. he's still not over it. All right. I have a case today that has... Recently, just sort of blown up all over the internet. And I'm excited. I'm going in completely. You haven't told me anything yes. about what you're doing this week. So, I came across this randomly on Facebook, um, I think on TikTok, just on my sort of social media. Um, I came across a video of someone being arrested, and I had no idea who that person was, what the story was. The only caption that was related to the video was people not knowing who this is wondering what is happening Mm. it has a very huge law to it and it has decades of documentation uh just history to it and it's it's fascinating okay there are no murders in this case whatsoever however i will preface this by saying with a trigger warning there are a lot of psychological elements in this of trauma and sexual assault. So, please, if those are things that you are sensitive to, this might not be the story for you. It is a very, very heavy story. And it ends just in, a, in the most insane way possible. Can't wait. <laughs> so, you've probably heard about Chris Chan. If you haven't heard about it, then welcome to the story. Chris Chan has just sort of blown up recently. I will start by just giving you a little bit of a history of Chris Chan. He was born on February 24th, 1982 to parents Barbara Ann Weston and Robert Franklin Chandler Jr. Um, and apparently during their childhood, they had a very abusive babysitter named Roach. Um, from the from the point that they were 18 years old. And just on a, also on a quick side note, this individual has at some point in their lives uh, come out as trans. So I might from time to time use certain pronouns just from when they were at, at a, a certain um, point in time. I'll mostly re- be referring to them as they, them. Because it's just the safest. I I don't want to um, exclude anyone from the trans community. And this person isn't a very good person. But there's also a lot of elements to it that I, I just don't want to particularly... Yeah, and I also think it's important, no matter what a shit person, yeah. I think it's important to respect pronouns because it's almost like you're kind of giving respect to the concept of exactly. trans I, I, people and needing yeah. different pronouns rather than that. 
particular person. Exactly, yeah. So I would just be referring to them as they, them, as um, just because I would rather not exclude the trans community. Um, even so being a case as this horrific. So they said that Roach would often lock them in their room whenever Roach got angry. And they claimed that this was a massive source of their childhood trauma, which led them to face uh, mental disabilities. Mm -hmm. So what you don't know is Chris Chan was actually born with autism. Okay. And claims that this experience with their um, babysitter led to Chandler having um, autism. Um, so, Chris Chan's last name being Chandler, most of refer to them as Chandler as well. So, Chandler claims that this was the sort of source of their autism, which, as you know, autism is a genetic condition. It's not a thing that's tr- triggered by traumatic events. Mm. Um, and just growing up, they had basically six years of not speaking. Uh, it was up until their seventh birthday that they said their first words. Oh, so they were like nonverbal, essentially. Nonverbal. So completely just nonverbal, um, growing up their entire life. At some point when they were seven, they were visited by a James Madison... Um, they visited James Madison University for a speech therapist and they were formally diagnosed with high-functioning autism. And they even predicted that they would never make it to high school, much less be able to write their own name. So just give you some pretense of where this sort of goes. Mm. In so this sort of story kind of goes on. Uh, there's a there's a few sort of elements about the height, the primary school that isn't really significant. What is significant is their time during uh, Piedmont Virginia Community College. So on March 17, 2000, this is kind of the triggering event. I like to call it. Okay. They Chandler created a a thing called Sonichu, which is essentially a amalgamation of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu. Okay. Yep. I get so it. So they were, they grew up a big fan of both Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu and they wanted to use, uh, both characters on a CD cover. However, it wasn't legal for them to do so. So instead they created their own character, Sonic Chu, which is a combination of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu. From here, Chandler creates a comic book series, their own comic book series where they draw their own drawings, create their own story, which is just simply titled Sonichu. And the first comic is released to the world on March 24th, 2005. Now, from this and what is to come, Chris Chan has to be the most documented individual on the internet. There is... Just an endless amount. If you type in their name right now on YouTube, there is just an endless amount of everything you could think of because there is so much that happens with, to, and from this individual on the internet. It's insane. What kind of starts everything is the fact that Chandler started an online diary and they document nearly every aspect of their life. Now, keep in mind, this is someone who has a stunted sense of verbalization and mm-hmm. social 
I guess, discussions. Um, this is someone who doesn't fully know how to express themselves properly and someone who doesn't have the same cognitive ability as us. So at some point around this time where they created the comic, they also started what is now known as the Love Quest. Chandler created a sign detailing how they're looking for an 18-year-old to 22-year-old single female companion. They would walk around Piedmont, Virginia Community College campus, sitting at the front of doors and confronting women, asking them out on dates. So they had a very specific requirement for what this potential female companion would be. They weren't allowed to drink, smoke, or have a certain body physique, amongst other things. Gross. So they would carry the sign for literally weeks, begging women to date them, until the Dean of Students, Merrilee Walsh, banned Chandler from using it on school grounds. The school accused Chandler of soliciting and email threats towards Merrilee Walsh, so... Chandler was temporarily kicked kicked from the school and had to attend anger management classes. This led to them uh, this led to them to d- develop a disdain for Merrilee Walsh, and they even incorporated her as a character into their comic book creation, Sonic Chu. It would mostly depict her as an evil witch, and it was referenced throughout that Merrilee Walsh destroyed Chandler's chances of dating everyone and their confidence in dating anyone now chris chandler chan has mentioned several times that the comics were meant for a younger audience however the comics would over time just become completely abhorrent just insane mostly in nudity sex and violence and this is a comic book with a character that is a mixture of two yeah i'm really not saying how those yes yeah uh, so, for example, one comic involves Sonichu's girlfriend, Rose Chu, taking nude photographs of herself, which would then be leaked online by the website 4 Cent Garbage. Just one example of many. Chandler would later on go to do the exact same thing for his love quest, but now at a shopping mall rather than a college campus. Subsequently, they were also banned from the mall, and this is where Chandler decides to take their love quest to the internet. And this, unfortunately, starts literal years of speculation and trolling towards Chandler, over time getting more and more progressively disturbing and despicable. Mm. So when Chandler took to the internet to upload videos of themselves and their comic book series, Sonichu, it got picked up by various websites such as 4chan and various forums, all right? Everything about Chandler was documented and dissected. The fascination with Chandler led to people desperately trying to interact with them, to basically just troll them and fuck around with them, and all the while, fully aware of their issues with autism, Mm -hmm. their cognitive disability. The trolling basically continues up until 2019, and there are literally too many instances and scenarios of people torturing, manipulating, and traumatizing Chandler for me to even cover a fraction of them. There are so many cases that span over 10 years, basically, Mm. that I could not physically put them all into this podcast. I will mostly be going over just the instances that I've been aware of from my research. Uh, one such instance involves a woman called Blanca. 
Blanca came into Chandler's life online. Obviously, obvious to say, but Blanca was in reality a troll. The troll behind Blanca would express their interest to Chandler wanting to be their girlfriend. They used this front to coerce Chandler into providing explicit photos of themselves and sending them over. The troll then took these photos and uploaded them onto a website called Encyclopedia Dramatica. The same website already held a page dedicated to Chandler mocking their art, personality, and homophobia. Little side note, Chris Chan is not a very good person in terms of their thoughts and opinions on homosexuals. Okay. They grew up in a very conservative household. They have social disability. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. However, there are many instances of very disgusting things towards the LGBT community and other races, okay. I'll just say. Okay. We won't be getting into that because that is a completely separate topic. However, uh, this page contained everything about Chandler. Chandler responded with several videos demanding that the page be taken down or they would take legal action. Chandler later, later would upload several pornographic drawings onto the website to prove that they were in fact straight. One of the drawings included Chandler fingering a person whose eyes were censored. This later, this later was revealed to be Chandler's real college friend, Megan Schroeder. Megan expressed in emails to Chandler that she was appalled by the drawings, but Chandler stated that this was meant to educate them about sex. Megan subsequently cuts all communication off with Chandler entirely. Now, Chandler talks about his experience, this experience as one of the worst weekends of their life. The troll managed to continuously convince Chandler that that Blanca was not the real one. And at this time, co-work coerce Chandler into shipping the real Blanca in, I put in closed air quotes, air quotes, his prize Sonichu medallion that he wears in all his videos. See, he has a clay medallion of what he has created as Sonichu that he wears around his neck in every single video. He agrees, sends a medallion off and the troll uploads a video where they cut the medallion into pieces, set it on fire, piss on it, and submerge it into a jar of pickles because Chandler dislikes pickles. Not because of their taste, but because of their phallic shape. And he does not eat anything that phallic represents shape. phallic shapes to assert his heterosexuality. I'm just not even going to comment. Are you still with me? Because yeah. this is not even the tip of the fucking iceberg, people. Chandler believes that Blanca still exists to this point. And simply, her mail was just stolen. So he creates a new medallion and explains online that Blanca mailed it back to him, though no one believes him. And I do just want to say, I think this is terrible. This is one of the most disgusting things you could do to someone who has a a mental disability. Yeah, I think it's horrible. The next stage of this was literally coming up so soon after a different troll taking up the name Jimmy Hill claiming that he in fact was the true inventor of Sunichu and told Chandler that they were in violation of the copyright and to cease all comics and claiming that they were the inventor of Sunichu this of course fails and simply just serves to upset Chandler even further 
The trolls keep up the effort and attempt to convince Chandler that Jimmy Hill was bringing in a sizable revenue from merchandise in Europe from the Sonic 2 franchise. They even go as far as making a MySpace page to try and convince Chandler even further. This also leads into a separate instance where a troll coerces Chandler into a real-life date with a woman named Emily. Emily was not... Emily was posing as a woman who was interested in Chandler. She, in fact, was a troll simply there to record, mock, manipulate, exploit, and ultimately bully and torment Chandler even further. They met in a shopping mall, and Chandler's dad came with them. The three converse, having a relatively normal conversation, and eventually Chandler's dad gets up to give Chandler and Emily some alone time to talk. At some point during the discussion where they're walking through the mall, a man dressed in a pickle suit approaches Chandler and Emily and makes comments towards Chandler, both the man and Emily riffing and acting like Chandler's making Emily uncomfortable. It's insinuated that the guy in the pickle suit is the same guy who tricked Chandler into thinking he was Blanca. The whole thing was staged by Emily and the man in the pickle suit to have Emily feign interest in Chandler, only for her to be stolen away by a man in a pickle suit, because... He hates He pickles. hates pickles. They hate pickles. Right? And it's apparently funny to them to yeah. continuously torment him over it. You can imagine the psychological trauma that this can have on someone with a mental and cognitive disability. Just to anyone with not that. Yeah, well, Just it would be horrific for fucking anyone. Abuse. Yeah. As I said before, for the next 10 years, this happens over and over and over and over again. And I am not even exaggerating. There are, as I said, too many instances of this happening or things like this happening for me to even brush the surface. On September the 6th, 2011, Chandler's dad, Bob, dies from complications from heart failure, which makes Chandler depressed and soon they became completely silent on the internet. Around the same year, it was here where Chandler claimed that they were in fact a tomboy and went through gender dysphoria in their younger years, but their parents heavily disapproved of such. In several instances throughout 2016 and 2019, Chandler made several videos using their mother to promote their eBay. And it was at this point that Chandler had fully transitioned into the, gen- the gender that they believe that they are. Right. Um, so... It is important to mention that in these videos that Chandler made using their mother to promote their eBay account and what they were selling on eBay, Chandler's mother is elderly. At, this, at some point during the videos, she was in her 70s to 80s and she suffers from pretty severe dementia. Mm, right? And it's apparent throughout the videos if you just watch them, which and there's, I encourage you not to because it's... it's Sounds horrific. sad. She's not entirely coherent and she has difficulty being filmed and reciting what Chandler wants her to say. And Chandler obviously having autism doesn't really understand. Oh, that's sad. So it's this weird thing where like you watch the videos and she's bug-eyed open. You can see the gears just struggling in her head. Mm. And it's it's breaks my fucking heart it was at that point that i needed a break from researching because it was just too much however it gets so 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 much worse than that great can't wait 
On July 30th, 2021, so very recently. Oh, very recently. Yeah, very recently. An audio file of a phone conversation and text messages were leaked online, both of which insinuated that Chandler was in a romantic relationship with an older woman. In the phone conversation, Chandler reveals that the relationship she's in is with their own mother. Oh, no. They describe in graphic detail... Oh, no. ...how they sexually assaulted their own mother numerous times. Chandler claimed that they started having sex with Barbara, their mother of who is now in their 80s with dementia, every three days beginning on June 27. In the text messages, they acknowledged that it was hurting Barbara at some point and that they told Chandler to stop. Barbara also never consented to the incest since she could, she was suffering from dementia. Mm. Well, she can't. She can't. The phone conversation was also never given to police or leaked by the person who initially recorded. The leaks were verified and, to be real, rather, by Null, who's an owner of Kiwi Farms' website and a former associate of Chris. Chris had privately, uh, had, had private, privately disclosed to Null on July 5th that they were in a relationship with someone who was, quote, physically older, but was vague about who it was. However, they left several clues behind to match Barbara's description, such as the occupation and interest. And in the conversation with Noel, Chandler said that, that they no longer believe in labels, which apparently referred to the mother and daughter relationship that they shared and that they have no regrets about what they did. The person who made the phone call and recorded the phone call was a troll named Isabella Jenk, who was has... I can make a separate video episode about her herself. Okay. She is a fucking piece of shit. Uh, from animal abuse to doxing, I heard mm. things about drowning animals to owning cats and neglecting cats to even people believing, and there is evidence behind this, of her coercing Chandler to sexually assault their mother Jesus. and start a relationship with their mother. Again... Pages and pages of things that I could cover that I don't have time to cover. I don't know if we want to cover no. it. On July 30th, an emergency protective order was put in place and Chandler was removed from their family home. They weren't allowed to return to the house until August 5th. But on August 1st, in 2021, Chandler was arrested at the Regency Inn located in Richmond, Virginia, where they were staying as a result of being evicted from their house. And they were led away by police and charged with a felony incest with additional charges pending. They were taken to Henrico County Jail and later moved to Central Virginia Regional Jail where they're currently being held without bond. On August 5th, 2021, Christian first appeared in court. The judge deemed Chandler to be a danger to the public and ordered them to remain in police custody without bond until a preliminary hearing, which is scheduled for September 16th. Chris is also noted for announcing to the courtroom that they are famous on the internet and throwing a tantrum because they weren't allowed to grab their stuff before they left home. I think it's needless to say there is no relationship. This is someone taking advantage of an elderly woman who has dementia and sexually assaulting them. And it's... One of the most disturbing things I've ever researched and ever had to talk about. Mm. 
And yeah, that's that's. Pretty... This is why you're seeing this person's face and this person's name pop up. This is why everyone's losing their fucking shit mm. because there are so many facets to the story. There are so many elements and there's so many factors to it that lead it to this crescendo of just sickening, disgusting, disgusting behavior. And it's sad and it's difficult to, to compromise my feelings on it because of all the factors in it. Mm. The years of psychological trauma, of bullying, of torment, of gender dys- dysmorphia, dysformia, uh, morphia, sorry, mm. of dealing with that, with dealing with conservative parents who hate homosexuals. Yeah. And you yourself growing up as someone who is born to the wrong gender. All these f- facets, growing up with autism uh, and never seeking, never getting the help that you needed. Because another thing I didn't neg- I didn't mention was that Chandler's parents never once, aside from when they were seven and they, wouldn't, they weren't talking, yeah. sought out help for Chandler for their disability. Yeah, that's sad. So they went through their entire life kind with of without no help. Yeah. Just just being shunned, being bullied, being tormented <sighs> and not knowing what they were doing wrong. Well, yeah, cuz that's the thing it kind of begs the question of what I I don't know how to say this without making it sound like I'm excusing what's been done. I don't think you are. But it and no be- one is. it begs the question how <laughs> aware were they that what they were doing was wrong? Yes. That's exactly the thing. And and like you said, it's not to excuse what happened because what happened is disgusting. disgusting and, and I horrible. think that at this stage, it is safest for Chandler to be, be incarcerated in, yeah, and I get agree. the help that they need. But there is that question of going through all of this throughout your entire life, how much did they know that that was wrong because in their mind they thought it was a consensual relationship. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel ill. And even just in the videos of them, pr- them using their mother to promote their eBay. Yeah. Like it's it's just like it's like someone who doesn't understand why their mother can't just say the words. Mm. Yeah, that's deeply upsetting. I do want to end this off with. A, Maybe we should have started with yours. Maybe. <laughs> I do want to end this off with a separate instance that has nothing to do with this case. Because, except for the fact that it involves the internet and cyberbullying and just trolling in general. Yeah. So, in our very own country of Australia, there used to be a internet personality by the name of Percy Inglis. So they did videos much like, you know, how you would sort of see on Facebook from time to time. Like, it's kind of not satirical, but they were provocative. Right. Like, they had them thinking that, like, stuff like they were thinking, like, aluminium foil was digestible. Right. Or, like, 
Remember that woman years ago who that uh, American woman who thought Vegemite was racist because it was it was black. No, but that's amazing. Or she was the same person who nearly said she nearly drowned and was resuscitated, and that the um, lifeguard who resuscitated her raped her because they didn't have consent. Okay. So people like that exist all over Facebook. Yeah. And Percy Inglis... Oh, was, you don't need to tell me that. I know yes. it's fucked up. Percy Inglis was one of those sort of individuals where they, they did things... I won't say there were... I haven't noticed any that were, like, significantly troublesome. Mm. Mostly it was just them... Some of them are just funny yeah. bullshit. And that was all that was really meant to be. There was Mostly it was just them, Percy Inglis, just screaming at the camera... Because someone said a comment about their hair or something and they're like, you're a piece of shit, you know, kind of like just trolling. And it's it's important to remember at the time they were like 12 years old, right? Okay. Like they were a teenager uh, and he had other friends and family members who did similar things and it was kind of a joke. And then in 2015, they just stopped because they were getting trolled and comments and people finding them in public and, like, beating them up. Jesus. I saw a video of them getting punched in the face by someone. There was many different sort of things that led to them just stopping. And this all culminated with COVID hitting Australia in 2020. So in 2020, in May 2020 specifically, Percy Inglis decided to take his own life. Okay. And this not only would have come from a result of issues with COVID because lockdown and the pandemic has affected all Mm. of us and a lot of different people significantly, but also making these videos and being targeted by large YouTubers like a man, a YouTuber named Marcus Dibble. Marcus Dibble made several videos on Percy Inglis and personally attacked him, targeted him and relentlessly trolled him. Why do I recognize that name? Because recently Marcus Dibble has been arrested for grooming a 13-year-old girl. Oh, so he's just an all-round piece of shit. Yes, Marcus Dibble is an absolute piece of shit. And the this coverage that he did... It was it was different to what other YouTubers would do, like you know that guy. Yeah. So you know how there's like the YouTubers who like they review, um, like apartment tours and they kind of roast the person. Yeah. There's that kind of playful nature to it. The the things that Marcus Dibble did, targeting Percy Inglis, were just beyond. He joke. used to do funny roast videos, didn't he? Yes. Was he funny at one point? He was. He was. Yeah, I and it so. just it, so the videos were were And he kind of talks like an Eshe, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. So the videos had you know, they were kind of tame compared to what he did outside the videos. Oh. Okay. Um and ultimately, you know, Percy English decided to take take his own life because of the um bullying he was receiving online and just people trolling him and targeting him, even after just ceasing everything in 2015, still to this day was getting shit. Mm. And when Percy Inglis took his own life, Marcus Dibble made it all about him like, 
oh man, you know, Percy was in on it the whole time. Like we had a back and forth. Like we were cool. Like rest in peace. It's so Bullshit. tragic. Percy Inglis's family caught him out on the same post, Good. saying you were one of the driving factors to Percy committing suicide. Yeah. So I did just want to end it with that because I think there's so many different elements to how we consume things on the internet. Mm. And look at Australia alone with Percy Inglis, with with Gem Gem, with Justin Ryan, with these accounts, these people who you don't know if they're legit or not. Yeah. They're most likely just sort of trolling and trying to trigger a response from people because it's shareable content, whatever. At the very end of the day, even if they do have a disability like Chris Chan did or they're trolling and they're just trying to get a reaction out of people, we really need to take a look at what we're doing in consuming this media and how we respond to this media. Mm. What those people did to Chris Chan was fucking disgusting. Just nothing short of manipulation and taking advantage of someone who had a, a mental disability. What happened to Percy Inglis was disgusting as well. Mm. And it's a smaller scale of what happened to Chris Chan, but look what happened. A, an 18-year-old kid took their own life. Yeah, it's very upsetting. It's, it's, it's terrible. And it's something we need to look at because we have this age now with the internet where we're like, we're, everything is so available to us and we feel that the anonymity of our screens allow us to be whoever we want to be and say comments or whatever we want to say, mm-hmm. send death threats, send this on someone's wall. We, our actions have consequences. Yeah. Especially in instances like this. You know, could you sort of picture what would have happened if like, what happened to Chris Chan happened like once? It would have been terrible. But the fact yeah, that it happened... you would recover. The fact that it happened continuously for 10 years. Yeah. You know, it's well, just... Well, stuff like that, like, it, it gets it, it gets to you, like... Yeah, I mean, think of, think of a time when you were little or you were a teenager in high school and someone posted a thing about you on Facebook. Yeah. And how fucking traumatic that was. And us as people who don't have autism, who don't have... Uh, social issues yeah, or problems communicating with others or problems understanding social constructs. Mm. Um, it, it It is kind of a case I wanted to do because of those elements to it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's many different facets to it that make it so perplexing to me and hard to convey my emotions for it. Mostly, I just want to say that I condemn his actions, or their actions, rather, sorry. But again, it's one of the ones where it's like, could that have been prevented? Exactly. It makes you wonder. And it makes me wonder how detrimental the internet has been to some people's good beings. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I would just like to end this sort of whole thing by saying please think twice before you do or say anything on the internet. Mm. Anonymity makes us all feel powerful and strong. But at the end of the day, there is someone behind that screen reading what you're saying and 
listening to what you're saying. So interesting you should say that, Tama. Why? After the the incident. Incident? The, the, the quote, troll incident. We'll, we'll get into that a bit later. It's what? fine. Don't worry. We'll get into it later. Okay. Well, um, that's my case. That that's was, the end of my case. That was... I'm not going to say... It was, I mean, it was good. I'm not going to say it was good. It was horrible, but yeah. it was good. It was um, very intense, and doing this research for it was very intense. Mm-hmm. And I hope it answers a lot of questions because, I, like, like I, I've said, this has been sort of circulating around the internet and there's been either no information circulating around it and people have been questioning it or there's been false information being spread around about yeah. it that I, I feel just this kind of needed to be done. Sometimes with those cases as well, when there's so much information, it can get a bit of like you don't know what's real kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah. It's um, Oof. I mean, you f- if it feels like I imagine these trolls felt like they were just sending things off to a person behind a screen, but it was yeah. hitting a real person. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've now reached the point of the show. If you're new around here, where the true crime is done and the shit talking begins. Formally so begins. If you are someone who just sticks around for the true crime stories, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you again next week to those for for, for some for the, for the, for fucking reason. Why you want to listen to us to shit talk, I have no idea, but everyone seems to like it, so Maybe you're just as weird as us. Maybe. And it's com- comforting to know that there are people like us. So the trolling incident, which you've somehow so quickly forgotten. Well, okay, let me just preface this by saying this. Sometimes you say something like, do you remember that place we ate at? It literally happened but listen, like but two listen, days listen, ago, though. You'll say that, and I'll be like, there have been many places we've eaten at. Or, How no, I don't understand. How many instances of me being called what a I'm troll? What I'm saying is, it's not specific enough for me to go... I know exactly what you're talking about. Me saying the trolling incident that happened to me earlier this week and so many other scenarios pop into your mind apart from my beef no, with bronze snake shop on Instagram. It's not that there was so many instances of it. It's the fact that you say... What else could it be? I just did a whole segment on trolling. Yeah, but that and wasn't you say about the me. trolling segment. Like, what the fuck am I... I said my trolling incident. Anyway... To yeah, those of you who, because I know there are some people that listen to the podcast that also follow me on my personal Instagram account. Which, so, you know, shame on you, but... Tama bought some clothes from an online shop called Bronze Snake Shop, which we're starting an official... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they all were like, the sizing was really cooked and the quality was kind of rubbish. So half the stuff didn't fit or the stuff that did fit, it was like, who is this made for? Like a yeah. behemoth with seven foot wide shoulders. Like Tama's not a small dude. They have And you bought some... a shirt that like fit, but was like huge at the same time. Yeah. And, and like three different shirts had three different materials. Yeah. It was, and I was like, it why? Was very they're weird. the same shirt. So he went to do a return. And we found out that their return policy was that you can't get a get, like get your money back. You can yeah, only you exchange, which is like okay, whatever. Yep, cool, that's fine. 
But then you also, this is going to, this makes us sound so entitled. I'm very aware that all of what I'm about to say comes from a very significant place of privilege, by the way. The fact that I get to sit and complain about these things, I can see my privilege. I, I understand. So he goes to do the return and then we find out that not only do you, not only can you not get your money back, but you have to also pay the shipping costs to send shit back, which I've... I do a lot of online shopping because I have anxiety yeah. and hate going into physical stores. I do all my clothes shopping online. I've never had a company that not only can you not get your money back, but you have you to have pay to, pay to return the, the item. So yeah, it was like, okay. The, that's what's frustrating about it. Whatever. It was like that. 20 bucks because like we're saving for a wedding. So we're on a pretty tight budget. So like 20 bucks isn't much, but also like means that that's $20 we don't spend somewhere else. So yeah. that was he- neither here nor there. I was a bit pissed off because not only did you have to pay, but then they didn't even have one of those labels that you can scan at the post office. You had to print the label. I'm like, who the fuck owns a printer these days? So in the middle of COVID, Tama has to go to Officeworks to print this stupid shipping label to then go pay for Anyway, so at this stage, I was real riled up. So I was like, literally all I did was I put a post on my Instagram story and tagged Bronze Snake Shop and put... FYI, if you were ever thinking of shopping with Bronze Snake Shop, they have one of the worst return policies ever. That was all I said. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, and the owners are fat yeah. and their mothers smell. It was like their return policy sucks. It's just, it's that literally it. saying, so just FYI, because they don't make it available anywhere. Which they reckon they do, but. I don't, they don't. Their return policy is like buried on their side. It's literally one of those like, where, where is it? Where yeah. is it? It's so, just like an FYI of like, by the way, this sucks. So, this is where it gets ridiculous. Yeah. So mind you, this is a company, they've got like 100,000 followers on Instagram. I did my stalker research after this and found out that their company a few years ago, according to an interview with the owners, Profited $3.9 million. So this is not some mum and dad small business. They replied yeah. to my genuine critique being like, yo, you're a pun. Which is a real critique, sucks. by the way. It's not a troll. And it's they a were like, wow, way to try and but This is verbatim, by the way. Way to try and burn a small business to the ground. Like, just think like... I hope you have success with your small business. Just think when you write these things, there's someone behind the comments. And I was like, um, what the wow. Fuck? Well, good to know. And this is when I did get a bit mean because I was like, all right, well, if you want to play like that, yeah. I can be a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I'm going to have to bleep it again. Why are you giving me editing work? Oh. Anyway, I was like, I can be a bitch too if you want to play this game. So then I wrote back and I was like, okay, well, good to know that your customer service is just a shit at your return policy. (laughs) Again, that was all I said. I wasn't like, you smell and you're fat and I hope you die. You personally, customer representatives suck and I hope you die. Like you never said anything like that. I was like, your return policy sucks and clearly your your, your management of customer complaints also sucks. So then they called me a troll and blocked me. So... I was like, yeah, and it it genuinely irritated me because what you just talked about is genuine trolling, trolling, and it's an actual issue that people can commit suicide yes. over. And it pissed me off that some million dollar company that wants to brush off something that they just can't be fucked to deal with, yeah. so they're like, we'll just gaslight this bitch exactly and block her. 
That's not trolling. Like, don't get on your fucking high horse and get upset because I said something that you do sucks and then call me a troll. That's yep. not what fucking trolling is. There are people that actually deal with trolling on a daily basis. Yep. Like, fuck off. That is something I want to point out as well because they 100% took that. And what annoys me is that they did attempt to gaslight you into being like, oh, you're so attacking sorry. a small business. So, first of all, you're not a small business. You have four stores in Victoria. Yeah, you- four physical stores. They have a wholesale yeah. um, and they have huge online presence. Like, So, it's you're not, not a small, small business. business. You can't label someone criticizing your return policy as them attacking your small business because what you're doing is you're hiding behind the COVID small business blanket to be like, oh, no, no, protect us, people around us, protect us because this person's attacking small businesses during the most trying time of the century. That's pathetic. Second of all, to just not, label yeah, you as a troll and to criticize you and your small business that you I have apparently, know. like... It's it's so petty and reminds me of, like, any fragile man that has ever responded to anything. It was just, honestly, the most bewildering thing. And it was funny because I posted screenshots. I was like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have put you on blast, but now you pissed me yeah, off. So, fucking- like, name and shame, whatever. <laughs> Um, everyone responding to the comment was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I know. Like, I don't think what I wrote was... No. no. It wasn't nice. Like, I wasn't like, oh, Bronze Snake Shop is no. the best. But it wasn't like the nastiest. I was like, the return policy sucks. That was literally all I said. And then I would shop at the Iconic. I can tell you as someone, I I literally work in customer service with my day job. That's so one do of my, I. my main I got things. screamed at by a boomer this afternoon. It was not a pleasant experience. But you know what? You go, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you I move on. I had someone to me threaten that they would take us to the ACCC. You uh, personally? Yeah. Well, no, the company that I work for. I'm not for, taking the company. I'm taking you. Which we just responded with like, okay, well, we... We wish you a good day. And yeah, sorry you feel that we'll way. Happens. Like the the and I work in a I work in a probably a natural small business. Well, cusp. I wouldn't even call no. It's like a multi million dollar business. It's not a small business. But what? Okay, what constitutes a small business? I would constitute a small business as like under ten employees and makes like a moderate amount for the owner okay, to earn a wage enough. and its employees to earn a yeah. wage. I don't think anything that earns millions in profit, I is don't class as a yeah. small business. Um, but I d- just the sheer, was, the fact that you so feel weird. the need to respond like that is just I would put insane. money. I would put money on that customer service person being a 30-year-old male who went to a private school. I would put money on that. Yes. Yeah. It just reeked of male privilege. It really did. You see, it would either be that or a moderately aged woman. No. Like a a mum. Definitely not. It had... It had male energy all over it, in my opinion. There, there is also that kind of like I don't know. Every now and then, you see like those like anti-vaxxers. 
Yeah. And, uh, there's just there's something in that, like the way it kind of was worded, that was that just gave me that vibe as well. But anyway, so that was my... Or was that last week? Now I can't keep track. Was that yesterday that was or... This... Yeah, see, all days begin to blur into one. I think it was last week. I think it might have been Friday last week. Yes, it must have been. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> joke's on them because Tama got his store credit yes. and then found a code and got $100 off. Honey so he saved me 100 more bucks. stuff. And so then I... they had to pay for express shipping again. So, yeah. so suck a dick, You would have saved mate. yourself like 150 bucks if you'd just yeah. given us our money back. Uh, this week's... Code word is silver scorpion. Oh, I thought you were going to say bronze snake. No, oh, is it? We're doing the opposite of bronze snake. Yeah. Silver scorpion. Silver scorpion in, yeah. in protest cool. of bronze snake. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't attack bronze yeah, snake. Yeah, we're not. Of what we're please doing. don't go and comment or tag there them. Are, That's look, super unnecessary. Even if they just maybe don't shop with them yeah. or make sure you have stuff that you definitely don't want to. Just keep in mind that they have They're a shitty small return business, policy. Guys. Yeah. guys, don't attack small businesses. Oh, dear. Yeah. But, yeah, that was just the most bewildering. Like, it was one of those where had I not been, like, it was so funny also because you ducked out to the shop. So I was yeah. home alone and I was like, what? Like, looking around, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? what? I need to share this with someone. Like, oh, it was so weird. It was so wild. It's bizarre because I feel like I've had negative uh issues or experiences with a product or a, or a service. Yeah. And I've like not blasted them on social media, but like either left a review or emailed. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever put an Instagram story up like that and have someone responded to it, but I have had like a review I've left and then the company responding in a very polite way. And then my That's opinion all you need changing. to do, yeah. I, I've I've had a terrible experience with um, another store. I don't know if they're Australian. Um, it was, I think it was either Netherlands or the People Versus. And I had um, a really shitty experience with their shipping. And I like just kind of complained. And I was like, this was one of the worst experiences I've ever had with like getting an, uh, a parcel sent to me and then sending it back. I think they were trying to like make it off as like I'd worn it for a day and it smells like it's been worn. I was like, I tried it on to see if it fit and it didn't fit. And it didn't fit. So yeah. I didn't wear them because I couldn't get it over my arms. So I just had this kind of like really negative experience and I left a review. And then from there, it kind of it digressed into just like a kind of pleasant conversation about like, look, we're sorry for fucking up like here's $20 credit, whatever. Like That's all they had to do. Literally. If I they'd was like, been you know like, what? They could have literally responded to my story and been like, hey, we're really sorry. Our returns policy yeah. is outlined on the website. Like, here's a 5% discount or some bullshit. Like, like I, even I, if they hadn't given me the discount code, if they'd just been like, exactly. we're really sorry, I yeah. would have been like, I mean, the policy's still shit, but like. The thing is, yeah, I, okay. I kept on shopping with those other stores because that experience was not enough to tarnish what happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Wild. So them doing that, as, and if they were a small business, it would be the dumbest thing you could fucking do as a small business because you've just turned away one customer who's then going to show that to a plethora of people who are not going to then be your customers because they see that as Yeah, so like people are be like, I don't know if you know this, but I run a moderately successful yeah. trick run podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
We post mm. a lot of memes and a lot of people react to those. So You're yeah. going down. Shut your mouth, pussy. Oh, dear. But yeah. yeah, it was a very, very strange experience. The funniest thing is, is that I feel like, and I take no pride in what I'm about to say, I feel like if I wanted to be a troll, I would be an excellent one because I think I'm a very empathetic person and I think I'm very able to pinpoint things that people are sensitive or insecure about, like which can be which I choose to try and use in, in a positive yes. way to lift people up. But if I wanted to use my superpower for evil instead, I think I'd be an excellent troll. So it's like just maybe don't. Yeah. Do that. You're having your, da- your Daenerys moment where you're about to yeah, this is, fly this over is to the edge. Villain origin yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In ten it months' time, it all started one day. You'll have your own podcast criticizing this one. Yeah. Anyway, how um, what's been going on in in Tama's world? I say like I don't sit three feet from a desk. Uh, we had our single for Juno come out um, the other week, and it's been doing very well. Which is excellent. We've seen, uh, we're currently sitting at a thousand plus monthly listeners, and the streams have just reached over 1300 streams on Spotify for SOS. Um, so I'm pretty stoked with that. And we may have another little something, something Ooh. being announced this Friday. Ooh, so, you heard it here first. On the 20th of August. Check there out our socials because go. we may have a little something for you. And what else has been happening? Sophie and I's podcast came out last Wednesday. So yep. thank you to anyone who listens to this show that also listened to that one. It's been really cool hearing people's feedback about it. Everyone seems to be liking it. And if they're not, they're not telling me, which I'm fine with <laughs> because yep. I can't handle criticism. Um, yeah, so we've got our, as you are listening to this episode, our episode for this week for Little Show of Horrors will also be out this week. We did Jennifer's Body. I'm pulling an all-nighter tonight because I also need to edit that. (laughs) Uh, no sleep, but that's fine. We'll sleep when we're dead. I might be tomorrow. Someone will make a podcast (laughs) about our deaths. Yes. That's come full circle. Yeah. It's a full beautiful circle. Also, um, let us know what you think of these cases that aren't necessarily about death. Because I've we've received some positive feedback on like, you know, the Stockholm syndrome case. Yeah. And this does open up a huge avenue for us to cover more content. Well it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want to, really. Yeah. Because if we sort of box ourselves into sort of one set thing, uh, you know, rather than... Yeah, you need to branch out. Otherwise, A, will run out well, of... I don't even think it's branching out. I think it's, just, I think it's just covering more of what is entails in true crime. Yeah. You know, I don't think true crime is necessarily just murder and murder mysteries. You know what I mean? I feel like... Where it, you can zoom out a bit and like include all these other things that are surrounding. Yeah, um, I like doing like the unsolved mysteries as yeah. well. I find them really fun. Yeah, um, and it does, like I said, open up an avenue for us to be like, okay, cool. Well, we have a lot of content we can cover. Mm. Oh, yeah. I just whacked the mic. Sorry. Damn. Like I already have several ideas following this one of what I want to do afterwards. So, I want you to do DB Cooper. 
Oh, mostly because I want to hear about David Cooper, but I can't be bothered to research it myself. Yes, that's a good one. It's funny because some of the stories that I want to hear about the most are the ones that I want to cover the least because I don't want to like do the research and spoil it for myself. Like I would rather hear yeah. someone else tell the story. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. <clears throat> um, which is weird, but also some, some feedback I had from one of my friends who is like my oldest childhood friend. I had a catch up with her last week and she was like, I tried to listen to your, your and Tama's podcast and I couldn't. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, I found it really bizarre and like cognitive dissonance to like hear your voices, but you not be there. She was like, it weirded me out and I had to stop listening after like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for trying. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure you leave a, leave a review. Yeah, and leave a five-star review, yeah. please. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook. That's what I do every time I see a new relative that has an iPhone, like one of my older relatives that doesn't know how to yeah. use their iPhone properly. I'm like, can I borrow that for a Yeah, let me install uh, this app on your phone that'll help you shop at Woolworths more efficiently. I don't care. They're like, what's a podcast? Yeah. Mum's cute. When we bought the new show, she was like, how do I watch it? And I was like, you don't. There's no watching. There's nothing to watch. You it's listen. auditory. It's an oral experience, mother. Yeah. No, she's not speaking. It's an, yeah, auditory. It would be oral if she was speaking. Yeah, I don't want this to This is an your... oral experience yeah. for us. For us. I mean, like, you never know. There might be people at home or in the car listening to this having a full-blown conversation with us or trying to. I love that so much. Like, like the the idea of that people talking back, yeah. Like you, you have a comment, and you're like, they're like, oh, you tell them, Laura. That idea is like so like childlike, delightful yeah. for me. I love that. I hope people do that. I hope people start. Let's start a trend. Yeah, you start know a what? trend. If Let's you're alone and not in public, and it's not weird. Chat along with your podcast hosts. Pretend they're there. Send yeah. it. Record a, record a video of you doing it. That would honestly make my fucking day. Exactly. You have no idea. It would be so weird. But <laughs> speaking to you, Josh, listening on your 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 bike, or you probably listen to this in the car. Sometimes on the bike, maybe I guess. If you're not having a full blown discussion with us while you're uphill battling, then I on don't a want bike, it. Then it's look. not friendship. Yeah. It is you- actually quite nice how many of our friends listen to this yeah, show. It's, it's yeah. very nice. Yeah. Thank we you for, love thank supporting you for the pancake friends. recipe as well. We love supportive friends. Um, um, I think we should wrap it up yeah. because we have a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, I'm just looking at the time and I'm like, I will not Damn. be going to bed for a while. Yeah. And well, that's okay. This has been Best of Cold. I honestly, I know I'm biased, but I think this is one of our, like, the thing, this was a really good episode. I really enjoyed this episode. I like this episode too. Yeah. I thought it was great. The banter was great. I think, um, like I said, it's like kind of the case is very interesting. You got to bleep that C word out though. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. We've had another C. See, this is the issue with, if we ever did a live show, we couldn't do that. We could. We just have to be like. You can't come and be offended by the C word because chances of it falling out are high. Yeah. So, 
You broke the damn wall. Was the with the you you opened the floodgates? I know. We we went so long without it, and then it just now it's been twice yeah. in like a short space of time. So yeah. that's what, what the little do? that's what the little that's what editing is for. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we are Best Served Cold, the true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. You can follow us on all good things social media at the BSC podcast. We would very much appreciate if you haven't already, leave us a review, share the episode on Facebook or whatever social media platform you use. Tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your dog. We do genuinely appreciate every single listener and we get so many lovely messages from people during the week and it's really nice to get to connect and chat with people especially during lockdown when we can't yeah. connect or chat with anyone yeah so feel free to send us messages to stop us from slowly going insane because it's happening oh yeah and the code word is silver scorpion silver scorpion so send us your code word and we'll catch you next week yeah bye, bye. Silverscorpion.com. <laughs> <laughs>